Welcome back to another hour of Scotch Hour. I'm Noah. And I'm Jesse. All right. Hopefully everyone had a wonderful weekend, enjoyed uh, whatever they had done last week. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have anything exciting really happened, but uh, in any case, um, what we have here this week uh, for you is the Brucolati, uh, the classic laddie. Uh, no last is here. Only we're only dealing with the laddie here. That's right. And uh, from there, we have our uh, get it togethers and shout outs, as well as our restaurant review, being that of Breckenridge Brewery. That's and the our uh, smarter challenge is Arnold Schwarzenegger. The best. Scotch review. All right, as Noah mentioned, we have the Brooke Laddie, the classic Laddie, uh, Isla single malt Scotch whiskey. One thing that Brooke Laddie is very uh, well known for with this varietal in particular is uh, there is no recipe set in stone. So they literally just get the best they can um, from each of their distillings and then bottle it up when the master blender says it's time. Um, no set age. They do use a variety of casks and styles and types of casks um, but they're not interested necessarily in consistency or uniformity well i am but we'll <laughs> see man i've had this before and i loved it you've mentioned you've had it before and it wasn't necessarily your favorite maybe this batch is gonna you know change our minds <laughs> maybe it will i mean because they did say that a lot of like the recipe does change due to the uh the barley that they get from isla so you know from year to year as the uh you know as the climate changes or you know, maybe get more rain, less rain, or whatnot, or temperature changes. Uh, that does change the flavor of the barley, and therefore it changes the recipe. So it's more, if I understand, as you're kind of talking about, there is no set recipe, but it's more about a tradition of brewing scotch, and that's what they really kind of go after. All right, yes. And Adam Hannett is their head distiller here. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to do that, but it seemed to work. <laughs> it worked. Um, and Brucolati was founded in 1881 uh, by three brothers who all had different aspects of the business. And two of the brothers later on got into a big fight. There were some distilleries. The distillery itself has been mothballed a number of times. So um, gone out of distillation process from 1907 to 1918, 1929 1935, the Bowmore Distillery brought him over. Um, he had been there uh, for over 50 years. He started when he was 15. So uh, lots of interesting things going on here. Um, nine distilleries on the Isle of Isla. 
And um, this being one of them, again, I uh, think we're in for a treat. 50% ABV, so it's definitely a little higher up there. It is not peated. It is non-chill filtered um, and non-colored. So anticipating a very light color for this scotch. So going back uh, a little bit to what you were saying before about how like it kind of went away and came back and went away and came back. I wanted to, I wanted to like <laughs> inject this, but you're going so quickly. I couldn't, <laughs> but it's like a good vampire. It resurrects itself. There you go. <laughs> and since we're in the Halloween season, I thought that would make sense. It does. So it does. 2001 was its last resurrection, uh, last resurrection. Right. Yes. Um, Jim McEwen was the gentleman, I thought that was his name, but Jim McEwen was the gentleman who worked for Bowmore that was brought over to Bruchlade. Uh, Bruchlade um, I believe technically he retired from them, but then came over because they were starting up the Bruchlade distillery once again, trying something new. And they actually employ only 80 people uh, at their distillery. And with this classic Laddie, um, from my understanding too, there is actually a code on each bottle. So if you're curious to see kind of what went into, uh, that year's, uh, distil uh dis distillery, I don't know that year making the, the scotch, you can actually plug in the, the code into the website and then that'll give you uh, more specified, I guess, notes about that particular, um, year. Well, God damn, there it is right there. Teeny as can be, get your microscope out, or at least magnifying glass. Um, but yeah, it is li literally there. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I mean, 50% uh, ABV, and um, it does change from year to year. So hopefully, maybe this maybe this one will actually have a little bit more flavors I like. I mean, it, they, they do mention like how it's supposed to have more like the sea breeze and th that sea spray type stuff. So one would tend to think since I like <laughs> Oban and stuff that I should like this one. I think we're seeing more and more of a trend with Rucolati is doing here with the uh, not committing to trying to have the exact same recipe. Most recently, it was noted that um, a lot of the other distilleries were changing some of their formulas or recipes. Um, Talisker, none of, uh, nonetheless, was one of those that was mentioned to have had some pretty distinct changes in their palate for some of their scotches. And uh, hopefully, the, I mean, we already had one Bruchlade uh, scotch on our show, which was the Port Charlotte. And, yes. I, and I remember we both really enjoyed that one. So I am looking forward to you opening this thing and pouring it out. You know, I got to start right here. So, man, this is like chick magnet all right <laughs> <laughs> that's because it's tiffany blue tiffany blue chick magnet if she tells you she doesn't love tiffany um she's not willing to tell you the truth <laughs> she sees a tiffany blue and she gets all wet right she starts squirting salivating she is ready for that scotch <laughs> <laughs> panties are wet and coming off because she's already squirting <laughs> Oh, man, she must be really thirsty. 
<laughs> All right. I do. I will say like, um, I do enjoy what they do with their bottles here. You mentioned the Port Charlotte, um, not your traditional, slightly taller bottle, a little more short and stout. Um, if you put this up against some of the other bottles, it's kind of like you uh, have the twins, Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito, <laughs> one tall, one not. So um, with that, a great foil, good silver, good color. Um, I guess I'm Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe. I mean, you are taller than I am. That shirt stuff, so I guess I got to be Danny DeVito. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> All right, let's pop this bad boy open. Um, it is interesting, and one thing I will say is... Um, is that a plastic top? Dude, in the past, they always had a wooden top, and I cannot tell... If this, it is still wood, but it looks like they painted it silver in such a way that the only way you know it's still wood is to look for the grain where the paint has been soaked in, like a, a good stain. Um, good cork. And if you've ever seen uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, one of the most iconic scenes of Danny DeVito is when he's inside that couch and he's crawling out. Oh, my that, God. <laughs> during that Christmas special. Oh, man. <laughs> it's all sweaty and nasty looking like. You can't tell me you weren't laughing when you saw that. Oh, I was dying laughing, but I also laughed hysterically when I saw Ace Ventura climb out of a rhino's backside. <laughs> wasn't really the back side. It was technically the front side, but it was the tail end closer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So off to our worst feed and cheers. All right. Cheers. This uh, Brooke Lottie, the classic Lottie. Um, wow, you know, from the first time I tried it to like this time around, I think um, I tried it there at uh, Bookmakers. It was uh, not something I was looking for. I think I was looking more for something along the lines of maybe Oban or something that had a little bit more of that vanilla sweetness from the American Oak or something like that. Um, but now that uh, I've had a chance, uh, became you know, I don't know, like 80-something plus uh, uh, scotches in. and uh, <laughs> like 90-plus scotches in. <laughs> All right, 90-plus scotches in. <laughs> uh, a little bit of more experience underneath my belt. And uh, and also that uh, we are uh, specifically uh, zeroing, zeroing in on this particular bottle. Um, I actually like it a lot. Uh, there's a lot of things I like about it. Um, I'm still not the biggest fan of the Tiffany Blue, but it is eye catching. Uh, so we'll start off with the with the with the tin in the bottle. Eye catching, uh, very uh, you know very pleasing. It does stand out. It's something you can take to uh, an event. Um, I, you know, I, I think you can also take it you know to a nicer event too because it would stand out and it does it does taste it does taste good it ta it tastes as well and it is fairly it's very it's very fairly quaffable uh, and I think you can take it to a nice event you could take it to a uh, to a 
to a poker night, but I think it depends on like what kind of people you're playing poker with. Cause you might get like, they might bust your balls a little bit because of the color of it, but uh, <laughs> no one's busting my balls. Um, but um, <laughs> as far as the color here, um, when I look at this color uh, of this particular scotch, I'm getting something like pretty much to like a light straw color, uh, you know, almost like, uh, sunshine rays in a, in a meadow or something like that is what I kind of would kind of go along with here. Um, when I smell it, uh, the nose on the nose, I'm getting like, uh, a, a sea breeze with like a honey sweetness, barley, uh, along with some floral notes. It's almost like if you're like, uh, if you're just kind of like maybe a few miles outside of like a coastline and you're like in like a, almost like a mountain meadow, uh, where you get like, like where you catching like uh, you know, some like that nice floral and sweetness from the, uh, from the wildflowers and stuff like that. And that kind of like the honey sweetness there. Um, that's what it kind of reminds me of when, it, when I'm talking about the nose here, the, the palette I'm getting like wildflower. Um, and when I'm saying like wildflower, uh, I know what they're talking, like what they put in their notes, but I'm getting more like a dandelion type of wildflower kind of taste to it. And I'm like one of these weirdos who once in a while, I, you know, you know me, dandelion I, uh, salad. <laughs> Not so much a dandelion salad, but you know I have like tons of like vitamins and stuff. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and one of the things, yeah, tons is an understatement. <laughs> and one of the things I do take every once in a while, like probably like every other month or so, I'll order some like um, some dandelion um, uh, like droplet stuff, and and you get like a pretty potent taste of dandelion. So that kind of I kind of get that like dan like uh, like a hint of that wild like dandelion wildflower taste there with some brown sugar red apples where i think i'm picking up some of the sweetness there and some of the tartness um but that uh, but uh, with the brown sugar and the red apples you're getting like the, the like that sweet flavor with tartness there and then near like near the end of that palette going into your finish that's when the cinnamon starts to present itself to me and i'm getting cinnamon malt with sea spray on the finish and it's just a nice uh finish there and really the finish is really dominated by the sea spray and the cinnamon and i really do enjoy it i think it's a it's a really good uh a really good scotch um what did you say the price point was on this uh this one depending on where you go if you get it for a good price right around 65 65 i just can't drive with tax that comes 65. to 69 <laughs> 69 dude <laughs> dude <laughs> what I'm number am I thinking of? Sixty-nine, <laughs> dude. dude. <laughs> where's my car? <laughs> All right, so we just probably like uh, dropped like three different movies there, dude. Where's my car? Bill and Ted's Adventure. Uh, oh, I guess the other one's a song, right? Uh, Sammy Hagar can't drive fifty-five. <laughs> I said can't drive sixty-five. Close enough. Close enough, right? Okay. Uh, what, do, what do you got for me? Wow. Or us. Um, what I like here. Um, I agree with you. This is better than the last time I tried it, and I enjoyed it the last time I tried it, but I like it that much more now. Loved your description. I'm going to throw in a couple other things there. When I think of the color of this scotch, I literally picture Russell Crowe from the 2000 film Gladiator as he comes home from war, and he's running oh. his hands across the straw, the, the fields, yeah. yep. and literally that 
that color also transcends into the nose because as you'd be walking through this field, you're getting that, that sea spray because there are coasts all around his home country, his home area, and you've got the wildflowers. Um, and literally, like that's exactly what came to mind when I looked at and smelled this scotch is Gladiator. I just got home from war, like literally just seeing him brush his hand across the top of the grain. Um, a, a great movie, first of all, but a great color and a great nose on the scotch. Um, and something that's very interesting is um, with that nose, I get a couple other interesting hints. And um, with the wildflower, I get, and it reminds me of, man, it's a super potent lotion, but it's that cherry blossom lotion. Smells great on a lady, right? Um, but also one other thing is, and I can't tell if it's spearmint or peppermint, I get a hint of mint. Um, and it because of that, on the palate, those those scents go right into the palate for me, and it's a very clean flavor, um, which also reminds me of that maritime salt water, like very clean, um, you know, beverage. Uh, at the front, another thing I'm getting is it's almost a sweetness, like they mix granulated sugar with barley or a little malt. Um, and that flavor then, as it continues, transcends. Um, and it doesn't change a ton. Um, to me, it's got a medium to medium long finish. Uh, and that's where that dry oak comes out. I'm talking like 1970s furniture dry oak, right? You can smell it. You can taste it. It is on your tongue. Um, and, and, uh, you know, I'm talking about the, uh, the furniture your grandparents had. Literally everyone had oak in the 70s. Like it was like the only type of wood you could get probably. That's what she said. Um, but with that, uh, it's, it's a fun scotch. Um, would I take it to an event? Absolutely. If someone's going to try busting my balls like this, I'm just going to be like, and that's why, A, you either don't have a girlfriend or B, I'm going to go see what your girlfriend thinks. <laughs> hey, I'm a hit. <laughs> All right. Um, I think it's great. I love the presentation. I love the glass they use, the way they have done all of this. Not a cheap looking tin. Um, at first, I was a little worried they'd gone plastic with the topper. It is not plastic. Hallelujah. Thank you for not doing that to us. Uh, for me, it is a lot of fun. It's time for our shout outs. All right, my first shout out goes to Noah because earlier I had to race back to work after our restaurant review and I was like, well, I could do it after the show. And he's like, hey, man, we drink responsibly here. Go do it now. Don't drink and drive. So thank you, Noah. Thank you for helping us keep true to our beliefs and uh, drinking responsibly. My second one, I, 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 people are getting tired of hearing it. I'm sure I'm almost getting tired of saying it. Um, tragically, Carlos Sanz, you got the pole in the U.S. Grand Prix, and, you know, that is great, but Verstappen, man, he stole the V from, yeah, he got the victory. He probably stole the other V, too, but he got the victory. <laughs> um, he is the winning man right now. Um, great job. Um, man, uh, great job. I, those are my shout-outs, so cheers, Noah. Thank you. Well, I got two shout-outs myself. All right. 
The first one is going to go to Gabe Goose. Uh, I forget his last name, but he is the car salesman over at Peak Kia <laughs> who uh, sold me my vehicle. Uh, he was actually a pretty good uh, salesperson. He was uh, really uh, great to work with. Uh, honestly, I did not want to buy a new vehicle. I don't like car payments, but it was, uh, I, I think the car was a little bit of a steal. It was a 2019 uh, Hyundai Sonata. And it had uh, like less than nine, uh, less than eleven thousand miles on it, and if you think on the average, like a person drives anywhere from twelve to fourteen, that or twelve to like fourteen or fifteen thousand uh, dollars, fifteen thousand miles in a year. Or me, like thirty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so being that it's like three years old and having less than eleven thousand, um, you know, I think that was a pretty good deal. And really, uh, I was considering buying a brand new Sonata, um, and the. The price differential from that, you know, with like going being like basically ten thousand miles on a car, was about almost a, a th- like a thousand dollars, you know, difference or ten thousand dollars difference is like thirty seven thousand for a brand new Sonata versus uh, twenty six thousand. So you're talking about eleven thousand dollar difference. Yeah. So plus I th- tax, plus tax. Yeah. So I think it was a you know to me it seemed like a pretty good deal. Um, I like it. It's a limited trim, so it has like a, all the bells and whistles to it. Um, the one thing it doesn't have, I wish it did have, and I might have to look into it later is it doesn't have like the dark tent and it's not so much about the protecting the leather or anything like that. It's just like the more, the private, the privacy factor of having dark. That's tent. right. You never know what Megan Fox is going to do in that seat. <laughs> you want to give her some privacy, <laughs> right? <laughs> and the, and this, the second shout out I want to give is, uh, to you, Jesse. Um, this is kind of going back to a couple of episodes. Uh, it hasn't quite aired yet. It's going to be dropping this later this evening. I have to do a couple more quick things on the edit. Um, but uh, And I had to edit this part out, and this is the reason why I'm giving you a shout-out, <laughs> is that you had spoke about how uh, you and your dad um, hung out together, and he, uh, you and him had read uh, uh, Shakespeare together. Uh, while you were in high school and stuff like that, and he helped you out with that uh, with that um, literature, and you know, I think uh, that shows a sign of a good like father son bond. Um, you know, me growing up, I, you, I don't think you ever met my bio, my biological dad, but that's I think where I got my love of going to the movie theaters because uh, my mom and him got divorced like when I was super young, and every weekend I spent with them, we'd go out and see the movies. So I just want to give you a shout out to you, uh, uh, you know, talking about your dad and how that uh, time meant really well, you know, meant uh, was precious to you. And so just give you a shout out to that. And also, and uh, you also do the same thing for your kids. So they're, they're, that's my second shout out. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, get it together. All right. Well, <laughs> again, how does the saying go? I'm tired of beating the dead horse's ass, something like that. Uh, Biden. All right. So I really want to just like question everyone out there where they think this man is going. And the reason for that is a lot of people that I know, I was not one of them that voted for Biden, voted for Biden because of his energy plan. So his whole goal, his whole, uh, his whole, plan was to decrease the amount of fossil fuels a we use um, and b to help the earth and i'm just wondering if anyone else finds it peculiar that he was the first person actually the only person (laughs) 
that I know of who is asking OPEC and OPEC Plus not to reduce their production of barrels of oil. So um, with their slap to his face of reducing that 2 million barrels a day, um, I think they're actually doing a better job helping him with his presidential uh, plan to reduce fossil use, fossil use than he is doing. And it's crazy. Um, so yeah, so get it together, Biden. Like, stop waiting for the rest of the world to save our oil for us, question mark. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just going to, you know, my get it together is not going to be politically based this time. Um, I, I, There's plenty for me to pick there, though. Um, I'm just going to go and hit up uh, CU again <sighs> for being one of the worst college football programs in the last, like, two decades, really. Uh, it's a, it, it, I don't know if it's like a... A political issue if it's the administration um but it just seems what every time like they can't seem to hire a good coach after gary barnett and they ran gary barnett out of boulder uh due to uh a, a scandal that was really a non-scandal and he wasn't guilty of it but yet uh, they did try to crucify him for it and uh so hopefully they either get their act together or they just implode and just stop the whole program all the other because it's it, it, it is, I, I don't see what the use is to have these student athletes go out there and get their asses kicked like 40 something to three every weekend. Uh, it really doesn't show any kind of, it doesn't do the university any good. It's bad publicity for the university. I'm not sure what kind of like, what kind of like life lessons these students are, these student athletes are learning from this. <laughs> how to get slapped. <laughs> Maybe to persevere <laughs> through, through pain. I don't know. Uh, but in any case, a hey, university of Colorado, get your act together, man. All right, Breckenridge Brewery off of Santa Fe. Yeah, that was one of the beers. The Autumn Ale. Yes. Am I going or are you going? Yeah, man, go for it. <laughs> okay. I'm like, uh. <laughs> All right, so Breckenridge Brewery um, is actually uh, the one we went to. Is uh, I didn't even know that that location existed. I always knew about the one that's like uh, near downtown, near Lodo by the by the by Coors Field. Um, this location is huge. This is obviously like I think they're probably the main brewery area. <clears throat> um, if not, it's definitely where they brew a lot of stuff there because they they have that. But the restaurant itself um, kind of gave me uh, like I feel like you're like either in a big barn or maybe yeah. a cabin. Not really sure which one it is. But it's like a nice one. It's like kind of like where you would imagine, <laughs> like uh, <laughs> you know, it's like you wouldn't think you, an Amish wedding. <laughs> no, you can see probably <laughs> like like barn. you can see like yuppies go there or something. <laughs> if, if yuppies are still a thing, I'm not even sure if they are a thing anymore. But um, they just it, call us us now. <laughs> but it's a, it's a nice location. Um, it's pretty nice and clean on the inside. Very kind of witty though. Um, their beers, they have actually a lot more beers on tap than I actually thought that than, than, than what they actually sell in the, in the liquor stores. And, um, I pretty much stayed with the Breckenridge autumn, which is uh kind of like one of my new favorites. It does have a, like it's dark, uh, in color and has a nice multi flavor to it. And with that, I matched that up with the fish and chips. 
I remember what I had this time. <laughs> Last time I had fish and chips, it was so bad. I didn't remember. I thought I, hamburg- I, thought I had a hamburger. <laughs> I had that hamburger. Uh, that, was, that was a fish. <laughs> <laughs> but these uh, these fishing chips were done pretty pretty well. At least the fish was done pretty well. Um, the tartar sauce was good. They they did they did give me the uh, malt vinegar to go with it. Nice and crispy on the outside, flaky on the inside. It did not disintegrate when you picked it up. And I don't know, maybe it's because of the time I was out in Ireland or spent some time there in the UK. But um, when I hear chips, <laughs> I'm expecting more like the English style or Irish style chips uh, or, or fries of their kind of fries, which are more like potato wedges. Um, but um, their fries weren't bad. They're like beer battered fries. They tasted pretty good. Um, I think, um, yeah, I, I like it. I, the service was a little bit weird. <laughs> uh, we started off with one waiter and then ended up with a second waiter. I'm not really sure what happened. No one ever told us what happened. If, or that Halfway through our dinner, he had to change. <laughs> <laughs> Went from a guy to a chick or maybe he had a sex change. I'm not really sure what That's happened. exactly what it was. <laughs> Um, nonetheless, I think the service was decent, even though there was that, that change up. Um, but it would have been nice for them to let us know that there was going to be a change up. Um, would I take our first date there? Possibly. Um, their food selection wasn't that, in my opinion, wasn't that great. But, um, if it's, if you're looking for more of like a low key first date, I think, uh, it's a nice enough place to where you could take a first date there. Um, if you're looking just to hang out like at a at a brew pub type of place, um, I if I'm going there to try to make a, a really great first impression, then no. Could I meet some buddies there? Definitely. Um, the food overall give it about uh, seven point five. I've had much better fish and chips than that, <laughs> but I've also had way worse. <laughs> um, I do like the beer. Um, I thought the service once again, I, I would have given the service an eight, but because there's that inner, that change up and they didn't notify us of that, I'm going to give it a seven and the ambiance there. Um, I'm going to give that about a seven too. I'm not a huge fan of like, um, cabins or barns type of thing, which is one of the reasons why I don't like park meadows mall is cause it's like walking to a big, huge, like cabin or something. Um, so overall I'm going to give it a seven. Um, it's a decent place. I definitely would recommend people to go there though. Uh, and I think if it's pre COVID or maybe things get fixed up after COVID, some like if, if the supply chain ever gets back to normal or old normal, um, I think they probably would have a much more robust, uh, menu and it might be a better place. All right. Well, you were absolutely right with your take on you drive up and it looks like a gigantic barn. It is massive. And that is for sure. It's a big building and you get inside and a little gift shop over to the side and a nice nice bar area in general um but then the seating area yeah it's not it's not sexy it's all right it's not bad it's just not sexy um the menu they let us know they did recently change and it has a variety of items it looked like looking around the restaurant 50 plus percent of people were getting salads which yeah i'm not going to go to a beer or a pub generally and buy a salad uh but um, i had the pull 
pulled pork sandwich. It was actually really great. It was a, a good it was a good sandwich and it uh, the french fries also nice and crisp so uh the the meal was good i had that with the pineapple orange ipa which i thought was the closest thing i've found to the 1985 uh, ipa which i loved but was a seasonal and is not by breckenridge brewery by another beer manufacturer and um, i cannot currently get it but it was good then i transitioned over to the autumn a really good beer with the second half of that pulled pork sandwich and then to finish it up i went with the chef's choice dessert and it was a uh, cake a chocolate cake with a vanilla porter um, overall did i think there was a lot of value it was reasonably priced the beers weren't terrible being their brewery um it seemed a little steep uh, but again not bad um I, the one thing I would say is, man, like, am I taking a first date there? Probably not. Uh, am I meeting friends there? Maybe if it's on the way. The thing is, and you mentioned this, the atmosphere is something where that's not something that makes me feel comfortable. I'm not going there to hang out and feeling great when I leave. I'm leaving and I'm ready to go when I'm done. I'm like, okay, the seats aren't super comfortable. The Everything's dull in here, nothing uh, bright, um, but the service was great. So overall atmosphere to me, again, not, not what I'm looking for in a restaurant. Um, the atmosphere for me, is is a five it's no different in my eyes than a taco bell or even a mcdonald's lobby because there's nothing in there there wasn't a lot of decor there wasn't a fireplace there wasn't anything around any of those things would have been great um the service was good it was actually really good um she's getting a they are getting a solid 7.5 i think is what you said um the food for me was a seven and ultimately my total overall rating really is a six now that's just really for the food the beers were great beers if i'm looking at beers alone it's got an eight um, but again i'm not taking a first date there i'm not, i'm the only reason i'm going there is because i need something to eat or drink because it's not on the way to much of anything all right there you go folks there you have it um you can give uh, Breckenridge Brewery there off of Santa Fe a try. Um, I'm giving it a seven. Jesse's giving it a six. Um, the beers are definitely worth it. Uh, the gift shop, they have no prices on anything. So you have to ask people for it. I was like, I was considering <laughs> buying a hat, but I couldn't like, I couldn't find a price on any of them. So they last out on a sale there. All right, our smarter challenge this evening is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Head to the chopper. Best of. <laughs> um, did you want to start off, or how, how, how do you want to do this? How do you want to approach it? Are we going to go uh, uh, top three, going like me, then you, then me, then you, me, and you? Let's do it. But let's give a little backdrop. The first thing I want to say is 
Arnold Schwarzenegger is 75 years old. Um, yeah, 75 years young. That is amazing. He has done so much in life on top of being governor of California. And honestly, people hated it, but he did a pretty damn good job. The last Republican governor in California. So he's been a politician. He was a bodybuilder, seven time Mr. Olympia. Um, started lifting weights when he was 15 years old, won his first competition at 20. Um, and a decade later, he's well, it's roughly a decade later, he's got seven Mr. Olympia titles. So, uh, that was gonna be my next question like, how many Mr. Olympia titles did he win? <laughs> seven, he answered it. seven, like, it's so, like you read my mind, it's just amazing. <laughs> um, and then he goes on and becomes a movie star, which was a big. Uh, and the term I'm going to use is lift for someone who, you know, I, I'm not sure how many people are familiar with this, but he's massive. He is 200, almost 280 pounds of solid muscle in his prime weightlifting days. And he goes to get a movie gig and they're like, you've got an awkward shape and you can barely talk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Him versus the rock. I got I think him in his prime would, would beat the crap out of out of the rock. Um, I don't even care if he'd beat him the crap out of him. I just think he's just like better built. Like I am more attractive. Much, I think he had a much better body. Like, yeah. Or more defined body, I should say. For sure. And just his like his features in general. I liked his features in general. Just uh, a great guy. I'll be back. I'll be back. <laughs> Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, you know, five kids, the guys had a full life and we're here just to dissect a very little piece of this. He's been in a lot of movies. Mm. Um, I believe his first movie role was Hercules in New York in 1970, where literally they dubbed all of his lines after <laughs> the movie because nobody could understand him. And... Really, I think that's a, a piece now where you look at his most recent works and nobody cannot understand him. Like everyone understands what this guy is saying. He had to work hard to really learn to speak in a way that people could understand him. And that's that's a, a level of commitment most people would never understand. I think one of the things that I think also is great about him is he was in Pumping Iron and I believe it was 20 years after he was in Pumping Iron, it's probably actually a couple more than 20 years uh, or roughly right around there, but he bought all the rights to it. He was like, I got the money, boom, mine, video, done, stills, done, all mine. Uh, it's just an interesting thing that he wanted to own. It's like this big piece of artwork or self-portrait up on the wall, a big piece of his life. So with that, do you have any more things you want to throw out about Mr. Schwarzenegger? No, not of his history. Um, I think he, um, yeah, I think you pretty much nailed that one there on the head. Um, I, the, the one movie I did not put down, at, but I would have given it an honorable mention, is Pumping Iron. Uh, it's just it's a cult classic, really. Um, anybody who's like lifted weights in the past or. Uh, or has been interested in Arnold like in his younger years, uh, they know that movie and it's just it's awesome. Even Saturday Night Live made fun of it with the whole Hans and Franz will pump you up. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that 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 like you can't mention Arnold Schwarzenegger and his <laughs> acting or movies without mentioning Pumping Iron. 
Absolutely. Well, as we get ready to start talking about our top three favorite Schwarzenegger movies, we'll go back and forth, starting with you. It is interesting, also just the different types of movies he has been in when he first started. Very hard to understand. Um, Not that he's small today at the age of 75, but much bigger in his younger years. He went through, of course, the pseudo-documentary Pumping Iron, things like Hercules in New York, then straight into, um, you know, I think they actually call him like witch side or something like almost science fiction um, or science fiction, but also cult classic sense of the Conan movies that he was in followed by um, his action days, uh, largely with Cameron um, being one of the directors there. And then going into comedies like twins, kindergarten cop, and um, just really quite a variety of movies for anybody to be in, particularly Arnold Schwarzenegger. So with your top three, do you have a a number three for us? Yeah, my number three, um, and it's technically, I would say, not one of his better films or anything like that, and it probably won't make anybody's list of top three, (laughs) but it does have a, uh, a sentimental value to me, and that is End of Days. Okay. And the reason why I chose End of Days as my number three movie is because when it came out, I was um, at a movie theater. I had a friend <laughs> that worked at a movie theater, and he was the, the projected, projected projectionist. <laughs> and he, nice. uh, and, uh, he um, I used to hang out there all the time, so I got kind of watch him like, build like, tons of movies. And so this was the movie that I put together. Okay. So, like, I spliced it. I put and I taped it. You know, put them all together. Put it on the big, huge reels and stuff like that. And so, this is I like. I never worked at a, worked at a movie theater before, but uh, this is like you know they saw the the film still still there and so it's not it wasn't the digital uh, films that like they have now, but um, yeah, I, I, I built this one here, and uh, because of that, it, I have a sentimental value to it, and that's why it's my number three. Um, but if you do like horror movies, it's a decent horror movie. So end of days. All right. Um, for me, my number three for him is really, I would say one of his better movies of his younger career, um, definitely did well as far as a box office for somebody who's new into cinema and it is Conan the Barbarian the best of the three Conan movies they originally had talked or I shouldn't say originally but at one point they were talking about doing a um, a resurrection and bringing a Conan 30 years later to the cinema and then they decided not to but they were going to really um, frame it like Unforgiven where this cowboy comes back and he's old and he's worn down and he'd already like lived a different sort of life but now he has to come back for some reason Uh, but conan the barbarian absolutely amazing 1982 a great movie and i'm sure anyone who has seen it realizes you don't get any of those little clips at the beginning or end of the movie that say no animals were harmed during the (laughs) filming of this production (laughs) Um, that was not a thing during conan the barbarian Uh, but why why conan the barbarian is literally just and i think this is um of all of his movies this is the one movie where he had such 
a presence, a, a such a presence uh, with unbeatable magnitude. You don't have to have lines when you are built like that and you've been going trying to get movies for years and everyone tells you you're in awkward shape or you can't speak, you're never going to get a film. And then he does and he nails it. Um, great job. I'm not saying it was the most intelligently done movie, but it's a lot of fun. Um, and so Conan the Bar- Barbarian, my number three. That's funny because my number two <laughs> is actually, and I had a hard time picking if it's going to be Conan the Destroyer mm. or Conan the Barbarian. Okay. I think Conan the Destroyer, um, you were able to understand him a little bit better, had a little bit more humor in it. Um, I think the supporting cast was slightly bit better that was built around him and Conan the Destroyer. But I thought, which uh, I went actually with Conan the Barbarian as my number two. Because I think that is a little bit more uh, iconic for uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, and uh, him just, you know, being like, for all the reasons that you previously mentioned. <laughs> uh, so there's really not a whole reason, like a whole lot for me to really dive back into that. Um, I just thought, you know, it was a cool story. And they even tried to remake uh, the whole Conan movies with some other dude. I don't even know who the guy's name was or anything like that. And those were awful. Yeah. They were terrible. Not the same presence. No, it wasn't. And, you know, the third movie in this in this saga, which was, I think, Red Sonja, mm-hmm. I thought that was terrible, too. But Conan the Barbarian, I think that just really launched him. And I think that was, like, a great movie. Um, and then Conan the Destroyer just kind of, like, added on to that and just kind of, like, propelled him even further. So the combination of the two were great movies. And they are just kind of, like, you know, you, you look at it as, as a like a maybe like a young boy growing up, and you're seeing like this massively built human, and you're like, man, that guy is awesome. I want to be like him. <laughs> Absolutely. And, but I'm short and fat, so I'm more like Dan DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so, we all need a twin. <laughs> <laughs> don't look for me to crawl out any like leather couches, though. Yeah, please don't. <laughs> I will shit a chicken. <laughs> How about your number two? All right, my nine, uh, number two. And this one, um, it's interesting because I really had to deliberate about these a lot. Um, but my number two is actually the... 1984 hit the terminator and in so many ways this could arguably be his best film ever um largely because of the number of films that have come out over a 20 plus year period afterwards that are all tied to it um james cameron um does some great things really scott does some great things all of these directors um but with the terminator Man, they got the most out of Schwarzenegger, and Schwarzenegger delivered. Now, again, he doesn't have to have a ton of lines. Uh, his probably his most memorable one is "I'll be back." Um, the another one that uses Sarah Connor. <laughs> um, it's just it's it was a great movie, and it, you watch it today. I like. 
I, I, I imagine a 15-year-old kid watching that movie today is like, man, this movie, the, what is up with the picture? The graphics are terrible. <laughs> what quality is this? It's like, how old is this movie? Is this in black and white? Like, not even the <laughs> color was good. Like, nowadays, the chromes, the silvers they pull out with the blacks and the whites is amazing. Um, but with this, uh, you know, just an amazing movie, again, that plays so well to his character that it is and forever will be a great cult classic for me. So that's interesting because my number one (laughs) is the Terminator. (laughs) Um, You know, the Terminator is just, it is a cult classic. It's iconic. Uh, It created a whole uh, series of movies um, and he has reprised his role as the Terminator um, in multiple of those movies. Uh, the the first one, I just remember watching it as a kid and being like, you know, like I won't say it's terrifying, but just knowing like um, how that movie was, it it it, de- it definitely left an impact, and it kind of made you question about. Um, society as like you know like development of AI AI taking over the world and honestly I think we're kind of like pretty close to Skynet taking over anyways yeah you literally have got to wonder (laughs) what anyone who doesn't give that movie credit James Cameron um, Arnold Schwarzenegger every one of the writers everyone anyone who doesn't give the Terminator credit for what you were talking about is a fool because it literally opened my eyes to this day where I'll have be having conversations with people at work and I'll be like, why do you, you know, you realize all of the rich and powerful are worried about artificial intelligence and telling us it's a threat. When are we not a threat? Like literally we are creating self-driving cars. We've got robots out there that can do everything. We are unnecessary. And what we're telling these robots is that everything we're doing is killing the world. Well, if I'm a robot and I want to live forever because I can, I don't die after a hundred years, get rid of the humans. Right. It actually makes sense. It does. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, you know, in, you know, the whole like going back in time, uh, that type of stuff. And it kind of makes you um, evaluate how um, if you alter something from the past, how that will change the future going forward. Um, and it can, you know, I, it, there's just a lot of great um, things to take away from that movie. And by far, that is probably, I think, his his best movie. Uh, definitely one of his most memorable memorable movies. Um, I mean, there's like the like I said, like you mentioned, really the whole line of "I'll be back." Like, tons of people know that. Yeah, I mean, that's just that's that's part of like part of culture now, you know. Um, and uh, in he, and he, there's a lot of other great movies that he's been in, like The Predator. Um, you know, there's some of the more the comedic ones like Kenny Gop. It's not a tumor. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's a tumor. <laughs> I'm a uh, princess, not a policeman. <laughs> um, but the thing is, is like uh, honestly, if I if I had to like sit down and look at any any and all of his movies, the two movies that really totally pop up in my mind right away, or maybe even three, Pumping Iron. 
Um, and then Terminator. And then I really have to say like the Conan movies. Um, I wouldn't, I probably would also even pull out like Predator, but the only reason why I don't really pull out Predator is because it's only one movie. Like Predator itself, like there's like multiple Predator movies, but there's only one with him in it. You know, and there's also Commando, you know. Dude, and- Commando is badass. <laughs> so, as a I, kid, that's the one I loved most because he had his daughter and. Yeah. But wasn't uh, <laughs> Alyssa Milano's daughter in that I'm movie? pretty sure he throws that pipe through the bad guy's stomach and, like, throws it right into a water heater and the steam starts coming out of the pipe. Let off some steam, Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> the one-liners in there were unbeatable. I think it was Alyssa, uh, Alyssa Milano. <laughs> and I also liked him in the Expendable movies. Um, but... I guess, you know, not to take away from your number one so, you know, so much. So go ahead and let us know what, what your number one is. Man, I really enjoyed the Expendable movies, but I think those, oh man, all the credit in those to me goes to Sylvester Stallone. I love John claude Van Damme's been it parts. Um, Jet Lee in there. Dolph Lundgren in there. Um, there were so many great spinoffs. Mickey Rourke played a great role. <laughs> Even Bruce Willis. Like, they brought in so many people. Such great potential um and and great talent honestly it doesn't matter if you are the greatest actor in the world it's about the presence for those roles now for me this one was tough because i love the terminator but when i really think of um what schwarzenegger did I think he literally played the role perfectly by acting like a robot because that's what he could do. I think not so long after that. And Dar- like Schwarzenegger was pumping out movies like he was pumping iron. Um, 82, Conan the Barbarian. He had movies in 83, 84, The Terminator. 85, Commando. 86, The Running Man. 87, Predator. 88, Red Heat. Like, I don't know anyone else who's pumping out big hit movies like this one a year. Uh, um, and so obviously he was a busy man. He was getting things done. Um, but for me, when I think about uh, 84 to 87 and in 1987, the predator, that has to be for me, the best of Schwarzenegger for a number of reasons. And one of them is it really opened up, not that the Terminator franchise is small, but I think the predator franchise is actually larger and it's larger because it also melded um, with aliens. And so you've got Alien versus Predator and all these other pieces there. But also the the thing I like is Schwarzenegger actually had to play more than a robot in this movie. He had to play a military soldier, a commando, uh, a, a man who was a special forces leader, not just an operator, but a leader leading an elite force to go into a forest and save people. Meanwhile, he knows there are some people he can trust. There are some people you can't trust. He knows the government's crooked, but he also knows he's doing this for a reason. Um, Also, if you didn't know this, Arnold Schwarzenegger did do one year in the military in Austria. So he actually does have some firsthand experience with this. But in Predator, the other piece that I love is not only did he actually have a true taste of acting, he had to act in many different ways, but it also opens up, hey, like, 
hey guys, we're not alone out there. There are aliens, and guess what? It's not like the ones in all these other movies where they're the thin gray people and they weigh 30 pounds um, and they're a non-threat. These people are coming hunting and they are uh, bigger than we are. And who's better than to show that than one of the Mr. Olympia's seven-time Arnold Schwarzenegger looking teeny compared to this alien who's like, hey man, I just want your skull. Um, so I loved the acting. I love what it did. I loved Schwarzenegger in this movie because he had to show that he didn't. He actually was a human, and that he had to think through a process. He um, put others first, but he's also just trying to survive. And I think uh, what I really love about that is it's kind of like the Rocky movies. And Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger went back and forth for decades during the eighties and nineties, talking shit about each other. Because, honestly, they were both pretty great. But, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger comes out with a movie. Sylvester Sloan comes out with a movie. Arnold's movie, next movie, he has a bigger gun. Sylvester Sloan, next movie, he has a bigger, bigger gun. Arnold Schwarzenegger, next year, has a bigger, bigger, bigger gun because he's bigger. <laughs> <laughs> But it was just great. And uh, I love the history that goes along with this. I actually really love um, the fact that Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger got to do some little bit parts. It's tragic that they didn't do something together earlier that was bigger than that. Um, but I do really think, for me, Predator is his pinnacle because of the acting, the one lines, head to the chopper. Um, you know, I, I think as a kid, I loved the Terminator, but I also wanted a role model. And for me... Um, um, Dutch in The Predator could be that role model. Arnold Schwarzenegger's character was somebody who did right for his country and right for people and even right for people that weren't people of his country. And uh, yeah, I just, I loved it. And again, he had worked so hard. You think about three years earlier, how he could barely speak English in The Terminator. He was hard to understand and he was taking classes and he was going to uh, specialists, learning how to speak in a way that we could understand. And he did it. Like in Predator, I loved it and I love watching it. Carl Weathers does a great job. Jesse the Body Ventura does an amazing job. <laughs> I ain't got time to bleed. <laughs> yeah. You got Tom the Duck? <laughs> Um, I just it's such a fun movie for me um, that it's it's as action packed in many ways as the Terminator and again the Terminator brings in a whole different light but really just shows us we are our worst enemy in Predator I love the fact that it's like hey guess what we might be an enemy to ourselves us as humans but there might be a worse enemy out there you might be afraid of uh, Russia or China guess what they should be afraid of the Predators too <laughs> Uh, that's a, it's a good, the predator is a good movie. Um, I'm for, uh, there's some other movies though. I think definitely need some like honorable mentions, at least for me, which didn't make my top three. But, uh, if I could have had a little bit more room to wiggle with, I might've chosen one of these three. All right. Number one, total recall. Oh, I love, I love, I love science fiction. Um, and total recall, uh, being on Mars, uh, that colonization there. And like, uh, and then having like the, um, the wealthy trying to steal the air from people and killing them and that type of thing, uh, that 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 I think that that holds true to, to today. Maybe hey. not stealing air, but maybe water or energy or oh, other things. Oh, you're talking about a Nestle CEO? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so that's one of them. Uh, the other one is Running Man. I thought that one was kind of cool. And then the other one is uh, the sixth day. 
uh, which had to do with cloning and yes. uh, being started looking at like when that kind of came out, that's when I think Dolly, the uh, sheep, the cloning sheep came out right around that time frame. And it makes you question some of the, um, I guess, uh, ethics uh, that goes along with cloning and things like that. And uh, I thought he did a good job in all three of those movies. And I think, uh, you know, those give some, get some honorable mentions for me. Yeah. Um, for me, a couple honorable mentions would have to be True Lies. Good movie. Man, I, I love that movie because, again, he gets to be a hero and he speaks well and he gets to play a little James Bond at times. <laughs> <laughs> um, a lot of fun. Um, I also think Twins. Twins is, is a fun movie. It's a fun movie. It did not was not a blockbuster at, at the big screen, but it was a fun movie. He and Danny DeVito had a little bit of chemistry. They actually did another movie, um, Junior, later together, <laughs> right. um, which also was a pretty good movie. Um, but uh, man, I, I think for me, the uh, the last one, I would agree with you with the Running Man. Uh, great storyline. Also, we've seen it so many times. Yeah, Stephen King's been copied a lot, right? <laughs> I've seen it in kids' books nowadays. Um, but it's it's real. Um, Death Race 2000, Death Race, all these different things. Hey, here's your chance to live. You just got to not die. <laughs> um, it, I think, yeah, those would be three that I agree with you, man. Honorable mention, especially for The Running Man. All right. The one I think he uh, probably is like, Worst mention. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Mr. Freeze in Batman and Robin. Literally, without a doubt, but every part of that movie was terrible. A, a terror, a non-mention. Like, they all want to erase <laughs> that. Let's face it. They're all like, let's just uh, psh, stop mentioning Batman. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that would be my uh, <laughs> worst or is uh, where he hit the bottom there on that one. Yeah, it's pretty rough. <laughs> Uh, anything else you want to say about Arnold Schwarzenegger? No, um, but I will, you know, one, actually I do want to say one thing as he continued to live a great life. One of the things he did do, and I remember being in high school at this time, um, for multiple presidents, he was actually, um, a role model by being a chair to, um, health and fitness, for particularly youths. And I remember being in school. Youths? Youths. Yeah. <laughs> What's the youth? Like, you know, youths. <laughs> um, I remember being in school when he got the role and Bush as president. Um, and he came out with this thing. And at high school or middle school or somewhere, um, you got to actually sign up so you could win a badge, so to speak. So really nothing of uh, value other than it really made me mindful of my health and fitness and how important it is to work out and how great it feels to look good. Um, and it was just really nice that I'm uh, one of how many tens or hundreds of millions of Americans who were impacted by him taking this role and really trying to make a difference um, on top of the movies that he's done, the great entertainment, um, the five kids he's brought to this world and all the other things. Um, I just, uh, that, that to me is a full life. And I hope, 
I'm sure he does, but I really hope he is proud of himself as um, so many of these people who do these great things should be, particularly with being a parent. Yeah, I, that's all. That's all. I don't know what else to really add to that. So, um, have you ever seen the pictures of the son he kept versus the son his ex he, kept? He, he told me about that. No, I had not seen it. But he, right. he, he mentioned the, uh, about him and Bruce Willis and stuff like that. Or not Bruce Willis, but Arnold, uh, Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, Sylvester Stallone going back and forth. I thought the one really cool thing um, during that time frame, like almost like when they were kind of ending that back and forth, was they actually teamed together and they put uh, Planet Hollywood out there. Yes, and they created that restaurant. And I think that was kind of like really cool because you like it wasn't just him, it wasn't just those two, but it was like a lot of like action Bruce heroes. Bruce Willis got yeah. in on that. Die Hard, yeah. Great so, movie. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, like during the eighties and nineties, there's some like really good like heroes, like superhero type of like not like not like like the Marvel superheroes, but like kind of like human type heroes. Yeah. Um, the, the, during the cinema during that time frame to where you can have as role models, you know, that you had Bruce Willis, um, <laughs> and it's almost that time, right? Uh, you know, uh, Commodore, uh, was it camp Commodore? Uh, do, do you remember the name of that tower? Oh, Nakatomi. Nakatomi. That's what it was. I'm like, <laughs> I try to start with the K, not the N. <laughs> I'm like, this is coming out right. <laughs> Nakatomi Tower, right? That's coming up with uh, here coming up soon in December. Yep. Um, and then you had the. Uh, I mean, I mean, back during that time frame, you also had like um, Jean Claude Von Johnson. <laughs> But Nam, but Johnson was a decade ago. And Dan was 20, 30 years ago. <laughs> I'm joking. As I, I'm I know, joking. I know, but, I know. Um, but then you also have, you know, Bruce, uh, um, Sylvester Stallone uh, with the Rambo movies and some, uh, co wait, no, Rocky, Rocky, Rambo, yeah. all of those. Oh, talking about Rocky, did you hear that they're coming out with Creed, Creed 3? 3? Yes, Aiden uh, brought that to my attention. Dude, we got to go see that. Yeah, definitely. I that's, don't care if it is. That's going to be a movie review. I'm not sure who's week that's, that falls on <laughs> but that will be a movie review yeah and i don't um have you heard the storyline no i haven't heard it he was when he, creed was in prison for a very short period of time um he was in a, a cell room with another fighter and this guy gets out and he teaches him how to fight and then they become adversaries yeah um which i find very interesting and i don't know how that'll turn out is it like, you know, Rocky three, Rocky two? <laughs> because it's not Rocky four. You already is that Sylvester Stallone going to be in this one? I don't know. That I honestly don't know. I, I mean, hope be, so. I hope so too. Um, That's another one though. Sylvester Stallone seventy five. By the way, man, you are a badass. Both of you guys are badasses. And man. What is it up with these women who are leaving these men? Are they really that much of a nightmare? Like, go have a great... You've got these 75-year-old men who are hunks. <laughs> They're hot. Like, not for a hot for a 20-year-old chick, but look at you guys. You guys are leaving these gentlemen? I don't get it. I don't get it either. All right. <laughs> and um, rich. They're rich. <laughs> if there's nothing else with that, I'll go ahead and I'll uh, give the uh, next week's topic. Let's do it. The best of Al Pacino. Oh, <laughs> dude, that's a hard one already. That's what she said. <laughs> dude, it's so hard. <laughs> it really is. I'm like, 
Scarface, Heat. Like, I'm going over, uh, Godfather here rolls. Like, how do you even go there? Dude, I'm, that is. House of Gucci, he's in. I, that's someone, like, I thought Arnold Schwarzenegger's research was going to be hard. And then uh, Pacino has done roles with Shakespeare. Um, like, it's, dude. That. Yeah, I thought this one would be That's kind a of fun. Different level of acting. Yes, I thought this one would be kind of fun to go over. Say hello to my little friend. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because you know, start thinking about it, right? I, I, I start thinking about it, I'm like, ooh, heat's good. Uh, I, I went through the first two right away with you, and then all of a sudden I'm like, Godfather. I'm like, wait a second. He's like been in all these other movies. Carlito's Way, I think. Is that him? Yes. Too? Yeah. 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 Oh, man. Like, there's some good, good movies. I love Heat, though. Uh, Heat's one of my favorite movies. I mean, definitely makes my top 20, maybe top 25, top, top 50, maybe. I'm not sure if it goes higher than that, but definitely there's a lot of great actors in there, and, you know, they both do a great job, uh, especially him versus De Niro in that. Even Val Kilmer, Kilmer's role in there. Yeah. Uh, un, undeniable. Ah. <sighs> Yeah, that one's so tragic too, because like that's one of the the few movies where I'm like, you're definitely the bad guy, but I want you to win, but <laughs> you don't. <laughs> right? Like I'm never going back. <laughs> See what else do we have in there? Um, I think Adam pulled up. I think literally my favorite role for uh, he's in Dick Tracy. Did you do you remember that? I don't. With uh, Warren Beatty. Yeah. I'll have to look for that one. Yeah, there, he was in that one too. Um, yeah, there's some good movies though. Yeah, I, uh, he does adopt the recruit. I love that. that is a great movie. I like that movie a lot. Yeah, he does a really good job in that movie. Oh, um, Any given Sunday, I love that movie too. I, a phenomenal it's and i know it's not really a football movie but it's my favorite football movie <laughs> <laughs> devil's advocate uh yeah how about insomnia yeah <laughs> um i really do think though i need to find it where i think he does it's henry the third it might be henry the fifth um but he does a documentary on it and it was one of the most remarkable roles i've ever seen him in because he did the research so that he could do the play and it was beautiful. It was awe-inspiring. Granted, I already like Shakespeare, so that was no far stretch for me to enjoy. But, man, yeah. And then he's also on that Netflix movie, The Irishman with De Niro. I've heard that. I haven't seen it. Yeah. Uh, so there's a, there's a lot of good movies with Pacino. Um, with that, I didn't pick out a uh, scotch yet, so that's going to be a surprise. Um, but it has to be, I'm not going to say it's going to be something iconic because I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to drop 300 or, or more. $3,000. Yeah. <laughs> I just spent too much money here recently on a new vehicle. I mean, it's a car. <laughs> it's a car. It's just a car. <laughs> but, uh, it'll be, uh, it'll be something we haven't tried yet. I almost thought about, um, the wee beastie and revisiting that since that would be Halloween night is our next recording. Um, but, uh, I don't want to go there. <laughs> All right. I understand that. Yeah. Been there. <laughs> been there, done that. I'm not really sure I wanted to try yeah, Wee BC again. No. Especially Ooh. if we're going to be talking about Al Pacino. Yeah. That would just be wrong. Right? It would literally be wrong. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, with that, um, 
I guess I'll go ahead and start the closeout. Let's do this. Okay. So for all of you who listen to us on uh, any of our uh, Audible channels, I want to thank you very much for listening to us. We're having another great month. I know I've been kind of uh, still behind from my from from the previous uh, computer issues and stuff like that. Um, hopefully, uh, we'll be caught up here soon enough to where we're going to be dropping every every Thursday once again. Uh, for those of you who are in Canada and Japan, thank you very much for listening to us. Uh, for everyone in the United States who still supports us, thank you once again for listening to us on there as well. Uh, all of you who do listen to us on uh, or watch us on YouTube and Rumble, thank you very much for that support as well. Um, if you do want to give us support, uh, you can become a uh, patron member uh, by looking in the comments. It's the very first one down there in the comments area. It's a link for a pay, uh, uh, Podbean patron. And uh, with that, um, thank you guys all again. Uh, I don't think I have much more than that. I don't know. Did I, did I miss anything? I don't think so. Remember to like, share, subscribe. Please subscribe. You never even have to watch this again. Just do it for us. Um, let us know somebody else started watching at least one episode uh, more than we're used to. I really appreciate that. And drink responsibly. That is something we do truly believe in. Um, life is, is great. great. Never forget that. And... Yeah. Scotchman! Cheers! We hope you enjoyed this evening's episode of Scotch Hour. If you did, please like, share, and subscribe. Also, if you have not done so already, please become a patron member with memberships starting as low as $1 a month. Thank you, and hopefully, you have a wonderful evening.